If you've been listening to Cold Weather Bats over the last two seasons, then you know about Prospect Center. If you're a baseball player trying to get better, this is the spot for you. Located in Clinton Township off of Hall Road, Prospect Center is a training facility specific to baseball that is available to all levels of ball players and teams. Their mission is to help develop baseball players into not only great teammates, but great players, along with preparing them to be ready for whichever level they are striving to get to, whether that's high school baseball, college baseball, and even the pros. Owners Nick Capaferi and Mike Rice are former summer ball teammates and former college baseball players, and they've developed a program based on your needs and their past experiences. Mike the director of baseball operations, is the current head coach at Cardinal Mooney High School. They're currently on a run of back-to-back regional championships with one state finals appearance in 2021. On top of that, Mike Rice also coaches in the USPBL, a professional baseball organization in Utica, Michigan that plays at Jimmy John's Field. Prospect Center's sole goal is to help their Detroit Prospects travel program get to the next level. They have a ton of relationships with college programs and a very high success rate of getting those players into college programs. If you have any questions or needs regarding Prospect Center, shoot Mike Rice a DM on Twitter at Mike Rice 02. Again, that is Prospect Center in Clinton Township. Welcome in to a brand new episode of Cold Weather Bats. A little bit different of a show this week. One half of the CWB duo has taken ill. Uh, he doesn't know what it is. He, he postulated COVID for a second. He stuffed himself full of Mucinex and is feeling better, but he's not going to be on the show with the exception of our interview segment because we recorded that two days ago. But anyways, we are, I am happy to announce that we are joined by friend of the program, friend of the show, multi-time show guest now filling in in, as a co-host Dan Griesbaum Jr. assistant baseball coach at Gross Point South who will be playing a big game tomorrow Uh, we'll talk about that in a second but Dan thanks for for stepping up man thanks for hanging out with me tonight thanks for uh, taking us through this as we look forward into the playoffs absolutely happy to be back as always as your uh, I believe most frequent guest honored to have that title uh, and happy to be here and there's really nothing better to talk about than high school state playoffs so this is per- this is perfect for me although i'm certainly sorry that brandon is under the weather but of course i'm ha- happy to step in <laughs> it was a slam dunk it was like all right we need someone else to record this dan done. <laughs> didn't even get through the full thought <laughs> um but yeah so housekeeping get that out of the way first obviously you can follow us on twitter and instagram at cold weather bats that is all one word um please remember to like rate subscribe review the show on whatever podcasting platform that you receive it on. Give us a five-star review. Um, If you don't like us at a five-star level, I'd rather you just skip reviewing it all. But uh, anyways, whatever. We we like the engagement. We appreciate it. We had quite the week of upsets last weekend during the district round. Every damn team lost. The Super 25 is a nightmare. It's it's an unmitigated disaster. We were never going to – we would never do – we don't do the Super 25 through every week throughout the playoffs anyway because I don't think that that means anything. But if we did, it would have taken me eight hours this week because I haven't. I, I don't know. But uh, imagine, anyways, imagine, imagine the debates. Imagine the debates that would yeah. cause. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I, okay, you know, team wins 32 games in the regular season and, and loses by one run in the postseason. Does that mean that they suck? No, I don't think so. <laughs> but uh, so in lieu of our usual. Let's go to Brandon and talk about the Red Devs and get an update. We're gonna we're gonna do the same thing, kinda, 
and kick it over to Dan, and he's going to talk about the Blue Devs. So we still have the the Devs update in Cold Weather Bats, the weekly format. Uh, but Dan, I, you guys, obviously, as we've talked about quite a bit, it's always South versus North in the district final. It was again this year. It was a great game. Two really good teams. You guys came out on top. Take us through the weekend. Yeah, first of all, I, I want to state for the record that I've never referred to us as the devs in any way, shape, or form, aside from with you and Brandon. <laughs> That's, uh, dev, devs is definitely uh, devs, you know, T, with a little TM next to it. That's, uh, that's a Brandon Justice <laughs> creation. Um, but uh, anyhow, yeah, you're right. You know, it's uh, I was thinking about it uh, for quite a while, obviously, before and after the game both. And, and five minutes ago, it kind of occurred to me um, – since 1998 to the present, there's only been two years that South and North did not eliminate each other one way or the other from the state tournament. And that's uh, talk about uh, a natural way of creating a rivalry. I mean, can you imagine that many years in, in that amount of time? I mean, what are the what are the records in that stretch? Who, who has the edge? Uh, South has a, a pretty big edge over the course of, of history. I, uh, top of my head, I don't remember it exactly, but it's, it's about a four to one type edge over, over that, uh, time period. But obviously, you know, recency bias Mm -hmm. makes that feel different. You know, North has had very, very good teams, including this year, you know, for the last four or five years, just great talent. Um, and, and it was talent that everybody saw coming. I mean, all the way through the system from little league world series and on, um, just really, really good team. And, uh, and they were really good on Saturday, frankly. I mean, we saw Brennan Hill, who's about as good as they come, uh, you know, 2024 lefty committed to Michigan, who is free and easy and long and loose and all those different things. He can, you know, throw his four seam up in the zone at 90, 91. He can throw a two seam that runs away. He can, uh, throw a slider on your hands. He can throw a change up that fades away, all those different things. And he was good as usual. You know, was he, as sharp uh, pinpoint accuracy as he was against St. Mary's in the state finals last year? Probably not. Um, you know, I think our guys laid off some balls out of the zone, especially some of the off-speed pitches out of the zone. Um, and I think, you know, had some pretty good approaches that that helped get, you know, a couple of runs against him. But that being said, it was only a couple of runs. And uh, and they brought in uh, Arsenault, Jordan Arsenault, who is the ERA record holder at Gross Point North. Just, you know, tremendous success over the last couple of years. And, uh, and he competed as he always does. And we, uh, long story short, it was tied in the bottom of the sixth and, uh, we hit a line drive that was kind of a top spin type line drive at the left fielder, freshman left fielder. And he had trouble coming up with it. Um, two outs later, that guy was on third base and, uh, a line drive went off the first baseman's glove to, uh, to score a run. And, Three to two, uh, headed to the seventh, and uh, they hit three deep balls to left field that were caught to end that game. And the the last one, you know, this is for the anyone who follows North. This is the second year in a row that Drew Drew Hill was at the plate. Um, you know, and that's who you want at the plate. You know, he's as good as any hitter in the state, and uh, he absolutely crushed a ball to left center field that. Our left fielder uh, went very deep on and crashed into the wall as he fell down to the ground and uh, and came up with it. And uh, obviously a great win for the South program and, you know, a tremendous atmosphere over there at Gross Point North. I mean, I, I don't know if you've ever seen one of those games before. I know Brandon has, but, um, you know, that's really 
that's gross points version of the game. I mean, since 19, since 1998 consistently, that's gross points version of the game. Everybody comes out. It's something that means a lot to everybody, whether you're on one side or the other. And, you know, luckily I think in this era, we have a lot of mutual respect back and forth, you know, between the coaches and the players. And, you know, there was a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of respect after the game, a lot of handshakes and a lot of hugs after the game between the sides. And, and that's what it's all about. But it was very intense competition and a great crowd and, and just uh, obviously for us a great result. And, and we're, you know, thrilled to pieces to, uh, to win that one. But it definitely could have gone either way. And, and they're a great team. And I understand completely why they were a little bit of a favorite in that game, considering the, the pitching and, and the pedigree, you know, coming off of a D1 state final last year that they, that they nearly won. And there's a bit of a story there of like your two programs, North and South, this year specifically, kind of finishing going in different directions and starting going in different directions this year too. North came out of the gate ranked really highly and did not play well out of the gate. Went all the way down out of the rankings, never came back. You guys, unranked to start the season, at one point or another, up close to the top 10 at some point, you were playing really well. And then a month ago or so, whatever it was, you guys got hit with the injury bug. North was getting hot at the right time. So heading into this district, it was like, in spite of the records, in spite of league titles, in spite of anything, like, you know, probably North thinking they had the advantage just based on recency. But well, sure. that, that all goes out the damn window when you strap, you know, when you strap my right. game. So yeah. also I think when I think when people know the rosters of both teams too, they can get a better a better feel. You know, even even when North was struggling, the you have to keep in mind that they were getting into their fourth or fifth guy in the rotation. It wasn't Brennan Hill that was struggling. You right. know, and that's and that's the guy that you're gonna see in a postseason situation. You know, the other thing with with North is Drew Hill's been nursing an injury all year, and he's and he's going to have surgery by all accounts on his foot. Um, and even with that, you know, we did not fear him any less. I can, I can promise you that he he still bar- the the worst ball he hit was uh, was a pop up to the shortstop. But I, I swear the thing was two hundred feet in the air, and it was and the the spin that was on it. I I honestly didn't think we were going to catch the ball. Just the just the back spin. On the, you know, he barrels up everything and. Yeah. Uh, you know, they just have those – it might not have been as deep of a North team as they had last year, um, but they have some very legitimate star players that I think – I don't think anybody wanted to see them in the postseason. Nobody did. And I, Drew Hill, we can't – you know, credit to talk about Drew. He's a friend of the program. Like, we all love Drew. But the D1 programs in the state and the general vicinity, the regions, the college D1 programs will regret that they didn't take. I, yeah, I, I hate to, I hate to go on a tangent, um, especially on Please your show, do. but I, I, that's what we know, do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I, I just can't imagine him not being able to hit for somebody. Um, you know, my team central or our team, I should say central Michigan, um, you know, selfishly, I certainly wanted to see him there. Uh, I would love to see him play with his brother at U of M. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, it, I, I just don't completely understand what, these coaches or scouts might be looking at. I realize that he doesn't run a six three sixty. You know, I get that, but he runs the bases better than ninety nine percent of the people I've seen. And and you're telling me, and now we're talking about a guy who's got a spot at Wayne State to play football as an outside linebacker or a defensive back. You're telling me he's fast enough to do that, but he's not fast enough to play the outfield at CMU or Eastern Michigan. Give me a break. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, have you, I, I don't know. And I, I realize this 
might come off the wrong way to you, especially in your line of business, but I just feel like coaches don't get out and actually see guys play enough anymore. And it's more just the metrics and the numbers and they're just not, they're not seeing what we see. And I, I guess I just wish they'd ask for a little more advice in that regard. And I don't care if LSU called me, I would have told them, I would have told them to give Drew a shot. You know what? I don't get it. It's like the thing for me is the, the guys who like do call, and then just totally blow off anything you said. Like, <laughs> why'd you, why'd, why'd you, you ask my opinion? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not saying that. Like, you know, uh, if if blank school calls me and I say, yeah, that kid's really good, that they should just automatically like. I'm not saying that, but like, when we're, you know, I, that we're just talking about that that one kid in particular. Like, seen that kid play a ton, and you've seen him play a ton more than I have, and like. Led, thank, thank, thankfully, thankfully for yeah. the last time. Yeah. <laughs> if, I, if I if I never see him on the field again, it'll be too soon. <laughs> uh, but anyway, shouts out to Drew Hill. Congrats on a hell of a career, man. Looking forward to watching you do both at uh, at, at Wayne State and get healthy and, and all that. But uh, but congrats on a hell of a career, dude. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit. Or actually, Dan, real quick, while we're here, while we're talking about South. Uh, point us forward uh, to your next matchup, uh, Detroit Western, yeah. I believe, this week. Yeah, playing uh, Detroit Western, who, uh, to throw it back to another CWB episode, keep in mind, I drafted Detroit Western. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also drafted Gross Point North, keep in mind. Um, but, uh, yeah, Detroit Western, a really good, solid program who's in – they're literally in the regionals every year. Um, I don't know that there's – the last time they missed the regionals must have been 20 years ago. Um but we're playing them in the regional semifinal uh, tomorrow, which is Wednesday. I don't know when this episode's coming out. Is that uh, tomorrow do, do we call it? Okay, it's do we call Wednesday that morning? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. We, we call it today. Uh, but we're at the uh, the old historic uh, ballpark in Hamtramck, where I believe the Detroit Stars uh, Negro League team played at one time. Uh, really excited to see that venue. I've heard, heard nothing but but good things about it. And uh, you know, Detroit Western, just a good solid team that um, you know is always there. We split with them during the year. And, uh, you know, pretty evenly matched, I think. And whoever plays the best game is, is going to move on to, uh, to the regional final. And on the other side, we're going to take a little, little bit of a break here because uh, we need to move into our interview segment. But on the other side of that, we will continue to dive in looking forward to this week's regional semifinal matchups and beyond. Uh, but for right now, really special guest this week, we talked to Okemos star third base, excuse me, star shortstop, Caleb Bonimer who was recently named the Gatorade State Player of the Year for Michigan as an underclassman, which is unique. Uh, past winners include Brock Porter, Logan Wood, Steve Mann, Spencer Schwellenbach, some really good players, obviously. So quite an honor for him. We had a great conversation with him, and we are going to take you to that right now. This interview and all Cold Weather Bats interviews are brought to you by our friends at Hack and Home Care, your home for your personal home care needs. Welcome into this week's interview segment. We're joined by Okemos superstar Caleb Bonimer, recently awarded the Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Michigan as a junior, no less. A, a notable thing there by itself. Usually that award goes to seniors. Uh, but either way, Caleb, welcome to the show, man. Coming off a great district win. Uh, how are you guys feeling right now? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, beat a good Grand Lodge team um, on Saturday and just looking forward to uh, – playing in the regional semi on Wednesday. 
So talk real quick. The first thing we'll talk about is that general Lansing-ish area of high school baseball. You mentioned Grand Ledge. You're at Okemos. Obviously, these are very close suburbs of Lansing. Can you talk about the baseball in that area, like who the the big names usually are, who your biggest rival ends up being? That's just an area we haven't explored all that much yet. Yeah, you know, Grand Ledge has always been a powerhouse in the Lansing area. Um, they've always been, like I said, a really good team. Um, Okemos, we've been pretty solid the past two years. Uh, DeWitt's usually pretty solid. East Lansing's usually got a good team. So those like three to four teams are usually, I'd say, the best teams in the area. But um, yeah, this year, like I said, we're having a good year. Grand Ledge is pretty solid. So um, yeah, that's really it for the Lansing area. So what was that district like on uh, on Saturday? I know you had a big day and we'll dive into that a bit, but you know, how competitive was that environment? And obviously that game was very back and forth. You had to come in and close it out there. Um, but just talk a little bit about that experience that you had on Saturday in the districts. Yeah, I mean, it was good. We lost to Grand Ledge early in the year. So we lost the league, which was unfortunate. But to be able to, to come back and beat them in the district definitely felt really good. Um, like you said, I did have a good day. Um, hit a few home runs, closed it on the mound. But overall, we just played a really solid game as a team. Our pitchers did really well. Um, guys are getting on base, making great plays in the field. So, um, yeah, everyone just played super well on Saturday, and it was just a great, great win overall. Talk to us a little bit about Caleb, the player. Obviously, I've seen you play a lot for the last several years. I happened to see you at a showcase outside of Chicago when you were 14, um, which was a positive for me because I now get to be the person who says I saw you first. So, no big deal. Uh, and uh, Anyways, talk to us about Caleb, the player, infielder you're a two-way guy in high school is that something you look you're looking into pursuing long term just just talk to us about your profile yeah um I think hitting is definitely my strong suit um I think I'm a pretty decent fielder as well like you said I I pitch a little bit in high school uh I don't plan on pitching later on in college or pro ball or anything like that but uh yeah I'd like to think I'm a pretty good hitter uh pretty decent bat to ball skills I'd like to say uh I've been trying to add some more power over the years and I think this year has definitely been a huge power step for me, uh, hitting a lot more home runs um, while keeping the average up. Um, I like to say I've got a little bit of speed as well, and that's something I've been trying to add to my game over the years. And uh, I think my arm strength has also been getting better over the years as well. Talk to us real quick about that. You touched on something there that I think is really important. The You've always been a good hitter. You've always been a good bat-to-ball guy. This year, uh, an important thing for you was adding power. Yep. You did that. You're up to 12 bombs or whatever it is now. Yep. You didn't sacrifice anything in the way of bat-to-ball skills. That's something that does happen a lot. As guys try to hit for more power, they swing and miss more. Yep. Can you talk a little bit, and this is important for all the players listening to who are in similar situations to you. They want to add power to their games. They don't want to lose anything from the hit tool. How did you go about doing that? Yeah, for me, it was just keeping the same approach as I always do. It just, I think, to gain more power, just got in the weight room. I'd say because the balls that I I might miss hit more, those are the ones that are still going out. So even the ones that I I get all of, they'll go out. And then even the ones that I might miss it a little bit are still homers. So um, yeah, just keep the same approach. Just got stronger. Um, I made a few mechanical adjustments to the swing, but nothing major. And just trying to hit the way I always am, but just getting stronger in the weight room and stuff like that. We talk a little bit about your approach to the plate. I mean, being a guy who's as talented as you are, I mean, Michigan baseball is really good. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. It's extremely good. 
Um, and not to, you know, blow smoke because you're the interview subject today or anything, but I mean, you're kind of a step ahead of a lot of hitters in the state, I would say. I'd say Michigan is is definitely a farm for a lot of really elite pitching, but I'd mm-hmm. say there are a few hitters. It's a, it's a short list of hitters who can go hit three homers in a district final game. I mean, we'll just get the elephant out of the room. You get three homers in a district final is pretty substantially and in, in absurdly impressive. So being a guy like you where this – I don't want to use these words, but let's just say like things probably come a bit easier to you playing in the Michigan high school baseball scene as opposed to going to play the summer circuit. So can you yeah. just talk about like your approach at the plate in high school and you know the similarities that, that you have with approach between high school and summer and then how much that might change when you make that switch to the summer circuit? Yeah, um, yeah high school ball and summer ball, there definitely is a little bit of a change or adjustment. Um, I mean, the summer ball, there's, I'd say, a little bit better pitching. But, uh, I mean, I just try to keep it as constant and same as I can. Um, just trying to keep the same approach. Don't change the swing that much. Um, just basically just looking for a good pitch to hit every at-bat. And if I get it, hopefully don't miss it. That's kind of what I try to do. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I try not to change much from high school to summer ball. But, um yeah, that's that's really yeah, that's really. So it. it sounds like you you just like to keep it simple. It's yeah, kind of like simple, stupid in a way. Keep it simple and just repeat it as best I can every time. So we talked about summer. We talked about high school. You're committed to Virginia. Yep. A super regional team this year, mm-hmm. and not all that long ago, a national championship team who was in a, in a national championship game that they then lost. Like they were right there for multiple years in a row. Um, you've been committed to Virginia for a little while now. Yeah. What what was it about UVA that did it for you? Yeah, I uh, really like the coaching staff, uh, Coach O'Connor and Coach McMullen, just everything they had going, um, just the program in general, just love the way they play baseball. Um, they've always had a reputation for winning and producing professional baseball players. So that's obviously something that I really thought was huge and something that I liked. And just the school in general, I mean, it's got a great academic program. So just everything about the facilities, the coaches, just the culture and the way they play the game, I really thought it was a great fit. The uh, You talk about Coach McMullen, the hitting coach at UVA. That dude, every time I have the opportunity to listen to him talk for 30 seconds, I get smarter. Yeah. Like, he'll, uh, there was one time, this is many years ago now, but we were at a tournament in Florida. Neither one of us really paying attention to what was going on in the field. And he spent a full hour to an hour and a half simply talking about how much the front foot has to do with how good a hitter is. Mm-hmm. And, like, to talk that deeply about something that seems that small, like, that in- intelligently, like, I am i couldn't imagine, like, being as excited as you are or, or whatever to be coached by that guy. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, to be able to be coached by guys like that that have been in the game their whole life, it's, it's definitely cool because that's all I do is baseball. So, they definitely know a lot. Um, all right. Let's talk a little bit more about Okemos, the path moving forward. Um, you guys have to play uh, Battle Creek Lakeview uh, yep. in the in the regional semifinal this week. Uh, Battle Creek Lakeview, a team that we had in the top five of the Super 25 for the majority of the year, kind of fell out a little bit late just because they weren't playing very good teams. So the strength of schedule thing kind of bit them. But either way, a very, very powerhouse of a club. Tell us about Okemos as a club, and then tell us about what your, what your scouting is saying about Lakeview and what you're going to have to do to beat them. Yeah, uh, Okemos, us, uh, we're primarily a pretty solid pitching and defensive team, I'd say. Uh, scoring runs has probably been our biggest issue this year is 
putting together hits and like I said, getting those big innings and big runs on the board, but uh, we can pick it and we can throw it with the best of them. But uh, yeah, with the Lakeview team, um, I haven't looked into the in, into them much yet, but I know that they've got a lot of decent players and I know they like to play a little bit of small ball. So that'll be something that we'll look into. But uh, yes, um, this year, yeah, like I said, we've been throwing the ball really well, playing great defense. And uh, when we can put together some hits and put together some runs, we're a pretty good team. So as far as, uh, you know, your opinion on playoff baseball, I mean, we saw a lot of chaotic things happen last week, especially on Saturday and with district yep. finals with so many teams losing and, you know, so many Super 25 teams losing, like uh, Brian kind of alluded to there. And uh, <laughs> what do you think? I mean, I, I'm assuming you've played three years of RC at Okemos, right? Yep. I'm just going to yep. take a shot at the yep. arc there. All right. So this isn't your first rodeo or anything, but – in your experience, what do you think is some of the biggest separators for a team in the playoffs to be able to overcome like what, what might occur? And, and sometimes it's out of the control, right? One day, some days teams are just going to lose. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but in your opinion, you know, what, what's the biggest separator for a team to keep advancing? Um, honestly, I think it's just uh, playing the hot hand, like playoff baseball, whoever's hot usually goes on the run, but um, playing just fundamental defense, uh, having great arms on the mound. Um, but, yeah, I just say playing sound baseball the best you can, limit the mistakes, are usually the teams who will end up going the farthest in the tournament. But um, that's something we're hoping to do. Uh, we haven't been very far in any of the tournaments in, since I've been in Okemos. But hopefully uh, Wednesday we can play a solid game and hopefully go on a run. Did you, uh, coming into high school, how many people asked you why you decided to go to Okemos with all these big name picture schools around Michigan, East, West, and North all existing, and you decided to stay at Okemos? No discredit to Okemos or, or anything like that, but obviously, given given your stature and where a lot of these players end up playing, you know, among that mix of three to four schools that typically get the players that are committed to a place like you're committed to, uh, you know, why did you decide to to stay with Okemos, and was it was it a simple choice for you? Yeah. Um... I, it didn't really – those opportunities didn't really start coming up until, like, my sophomore year, I'd say, where, uh, like, the like the prep schools were start reaching out, I guess you could say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, once I played my freshman year, um, I mean, I had a lot of friends here in Okemos, didn't really, didn't really want to leave those guys. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's still high school baseball at the end of the day. So, I mean, we're still playing good baseball down here in Okemos. So, I didn't think it was that big of a deal to – go to a prep school or just play here in Oklahoma's. The old mantra goes, if you're good enough, they'll find you anywhere. Yep. And yep. like, I am a firm believer in that. And I, as a guy who coached at Mary's for a number of years, I firm believer in you don't have to be at a place like, you know, yeah. if you're good enough, scouts will go to the moon to watch yeah. you. Like that's, you right. know, in reality. <clears throat> so, but that but anyways, also, that's like I, a yeah. very, it's a very relative phrase too. Right. I, yeah. feel like it, I feel like it, I feel like it applies strongly to to Caleb here, but I think anybody yeah. who's like tier two and below should probably pick somewhere wise to go. But I think also I like not to not to carry this on too long. But I think summer ball ultimately matters a lot more yeah. based on where yeah. you play than high school. You can play anywhere in high school as long as you go play a good quality summer ball. Um, you know, you're being put in the right positions to succeed. I mean, we've seen tons of kids go to wherever nowhere america and then end up committed to x y and z school because they're playing for 
whomever it is, whether it's artillery or team elite or, or whatever, whatever, whatever team USA prime, it doesn't matter whenever they're playing for a, an organization that's putting them in the, in the right positions to succeed and, you know, ha- has the development, but at the same time, the most important thing is they just have the eyes. So, and high school is like, there's a handful of those nationally, not just in Michigan, but like nationally. So I fully agree. Well, you can bet that scouts will be tearing up I-96 and route to Okemos, Michigan next spring to watch Caleb play. Caleb, thanks for joining us on the show this week, man. Congratulations on Gatorade. Congratulations on the district championship for Okemos. Keep rolling. We're excited to watch. Good luck this week against Lakeview. And uh, we'll see you this summer, man. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for having me. If you guys win the big one, we might have you on one more time. Maybe you can bring a couple friends too. All right, no problem. Sounds good. (laughs) Take it easy. Thank you. John Hackett is a longtime assistant baseball coach at Gross Point South High School. But above all else, John Hackett is an amazing, genuine, caring human being. So it's no surprise that he leads the charge for Hackett Home Care, which delivers exceptional home care services to fit a wide range of needs. If you or a loved one is growing increasingly dependent on others with everyday activities, Hackett Home Care can help regain and restore your quality of life. Whether it's in your home, assisted living facility, or in the hospital, their caregivers will come to you to provide you with the most compassionate care possible. Specializing in things like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, traumatic brain injury, and catastrophic injury care, Hackett Home Care's caregivers will give you medication reminders, meal preparation, light housekeeping, fall prevention, and the best part is they're around up to 24 hours a day. Guys, when I tell you that John Hackett will do the job, I mean that he cares. And you can give him a call and find out why I'm speaking the truth at 313-319-8050. Or you can shoot him an email at coachhack19 at yahoo.com. That's coachhack192 H's at yahoo.com. Or give him a call today at 313-319-8050. And we're back. Great conversation with Caleb Bonimer there at such an insightful, uh, I, I hate saying the word, the, the phrase young man, because that makes me feel old. So like, I, my, my instinct was to say like, what an insightful young man, but I hated how it sounded in my head. So what an exci- insightful dude. Um, really, really damn good player. Uh, obviously, everyone knows that I've thought that for, for years, uh, but kind of coming into his own, he's going to have a big summer on the circuit, really cerebral hitter who understands himself and understands what he's trying to do at the plate and Okemos high school district champion. They continue on this week uh, as well. And with that uh, being battle, said, battle Creek, uh, battle Creek Lakeview is that who they have? That's correct. They will okay. play Lakeview this week. Um, and the winner of that, obviously moving on to the regional final round, but, uh, but Dan, let's, uh, let's spend the next, the rest of the show, just kind of talking about uh, some of these more interesting Regional semifinal matchups. Uh, we'll start in D1 like we always do, but uh, I, the, the first thing we have to talk about is who the teams that are missing from this round that we expected <laughs> to see. That's the number uh, one story for sure. The Obviously, St. Mary's lost. They lost. They lost to Lake Orion in the district final. I believe the game was 3-2, three 3-1, to two, three to one, whatever it was. Um, it was the story of what we talked about all season that came back to, bit, came back to bite St. Mary's. They couldn't get the offense going. Um, they, they lacked a depth of lineup this year. Um, they had some injuries that impacted the defense, but either way, 
didn't score enough runs, couldn't score enough runs when it mattered. Obviously, in the postseason, the pitching was good. They'll bring all that that pitching back next year for the most part. So that's a positive. But uh, not to spend too much time on St. Mary's because they're not playing anymore. But obviously, that's the big upset. Bay City Western lost. Um, I believe Bay City Western lost. Yes. Or that. They did. Mm-hmm. Bay, Bay City Western lost. That's two of the top five teams we had ranked. Brother Rice lost. Another early exit for Brother Rice in a state tournament, which, hey, man, probably just not going to pick you next year now. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Multiple years in a row of doing that. Um, what do you know What do you know about uh, about Seaholm? I know they're a good team all year. You had them ranked at times. I mean, I, yeah. is that just a case of uh, one good team beating another good team, or do you think that's a pretty big, pretty big upset? So I, I think it's – I think it's both uh, to, to answer the question. I, I think like Seaholm was really good. They proved it all year. They beat everybody who came in front of them. I think they were 25 and two heading into the postseason or whatever. They have some really good players. Um, they, they didn't have the star power brother rice hat, but not many teams can say that, you, you know, that's not a slight. It's just, you know, rice has 10 guys committed D one or whatever, right. but it was just, uh, I, I think, uh, a story of what we've seen from rice this year and their losses is like, where did the bats go? Well, let me ask you this, Brian. So do you think, obviously there's exceptions like St. Mary's was just so incredible that nothing was going to beat them the last couple of years. But generally speaking, do you think that there's anything to Catholic League teams playing 3-2 all year and then making that that switch? So I always looked at it as an advantage. Okay. Um, I don't know. I might have just been wrong. And I think that evidence is maybe proving me to be wrong. But I always looked at it as... Catholic League guys are absolutely ready to hit right away the minute yep. they step in the box because they have to be. Uh-huh. And I'm not saying that public school guys aren't or whatever, but it's like, you know, maybe in, in a public school setting, you're used to being able to get pitch one over for a strike or, or whatever it is. And in the Catholic League, if that first pitch is in there and you don't swing, you and I are going to have a problem, you, you know. So I, I just I always looked at it in an advantage that way, but but with the way you're saying it, I think there is an inherent disadvantage when it comes to the pitching. Um, a lot of these guys, it, as good as you are or as bad as you are, anywhere in between your talent level, you're not really throwing a hundred pitch complete game in Catholic League play. If you did, you probably didn't throw all that well, right? Um, but and so you know, the public school guys, not nobody was abusing arms in, in this these this day and age, but like it just felt like they're more equipped to have 20 pitch innings, more equipped to have 25 pitch innings, more equipped to have 100 pitch outings, whatever it is. Right. So I think there might be something to be said for that. But I always, I really did always look at at it as an advantage offensively, at least. Interesting. Interesting. It's just hard to figure. You know, you look at a roster like that and it's one game. You know, I, I think just the, if there's, if there's any explanation for any of this, it's, it's single game elimination. Anyone can win one baseball game or lose one baseball game. And there are those outliers like St. Mary's the last couple of years, but for the most part, it can happen to anybody. Absolutely. And that you're right. It was an outlier. That's, that's all. It wasn't like that's the, the 2021, 2022 St. Mary's teams. Like it, it's not like that's the, the, the pinnacle of what you should shoot for in terms right. of like, well, if we want to be really good, we have to be that good. No, man, that's <laughs> no. probably never going to happen again. You, you know, um, but yeah, I just I don't know, man. Rice is down early. St. Mary's is down early. Catholic Central lost. Uh, right. That was my that was my dark horse. To be honest with yeah. you, was uh, was Catholic Central. I just thought they were so battle tested all year. A little bit a little bit under the radar. I thought maybe they could get Northville in an upset and then you know ride it out from there. And man, I, my favorites and my dark horse. You know when 
went down in a hurry. It was just, it's just crazy. It's the, it's the crazy. I know Mick McCabe, who was the uh, longtime uh, premier high school sports writer in the state of Michigan. He always claimed that the hardest championship to win is the high school baseball state championship, just because of the, the variables and getting, getting hot enough to win seven or eight games in a row like that. It's just incredibly hard. It's uh, it was brought up on our Twitter this week. Um, there are other states that do three game series, mm-hmm. that, you know. But I, and I like I'm, I th- I haven't thought enough about it to really have an opinion on it. I think my opinion is a hybrid. Yeah, is you, you get through the regional final round. I think even to do that though, you have to seed then because you can't. Yes. I mean, imagine if imagine if the if Gross Point North and South played in the pre district. And then all of a sudden, you know, the winner, say it's Gross Point North, had to play a three-game series against Harper Woods. You right. know, that that would make no sense, yep. um, you know, just competitively speaking. So, yeah, I agree with you. I think there should be a hybrid. You get to a certain point and you start playing two out of three, but it's got to be seated across the board then mm-hmm. for that to make any sense. And the three-game series have to be when you're really down to the top teams. And you can almost reseed once you get that far. You right, know, that's like true. Yeah. It's and, and it's something I think the NCAA should do too. Is once you get to the super regional round, you should reseed so that um, it's the best teams that are hosting. Is, right. is my opinion on it. But and I know there's a lot that goes into that. Like Indiana State, for example, is one of the better teams in college baseball this year. They earned the right to host a super regional, but can't because they couldn't um, do that. Plus, hosting the Special Olympics of Indiana. Like I understand there's there's mitigating circumstances and stuff, but like I think. If, if you really pressed me on it, it's like, let's get through the regional championships. Let's get us down to however many teams that is. And then from that point forward, it's series. And then what kind of, and how would you, how would you go about the seating exactly? It's not like that's an easy question. You know, it can't, uh, certainly can't be record. You know, you've got uh, a team like Liggett or a team like Catholic Central who has, a, who have very pedestrian records, but you know, they're obviously great teams. So it, it has, it's going to have to be a hybrid there too, a hybrid you know, between statistical things and experts, you know, I, you and you and Brandon should be on the committee. Frankly, <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't even need the co- Brandon and I and Goose Poop will do it. Exactly. Goose, yeah, Poop had, Goose Poop had a rough time with the Division One. <laughs> the randomness of baseball, man, isn't it beautiful? Yeah, <laughs> they had a rough time, man. What were they? Seventeen out of thirty-two. I mean, you may as yeah. well. May as well flip a coin, right? Yep. yep. But not, not that I'm not making fun of them. That's no, just that's just no. the way. You know, it's not like they were wrong as far as their assessment necessarily. It's just <laughs> that's how this tournament's going. Baseball is wild. That's mm-hmm. why we play the damn games. Um, but, yeah, I, so looking forward into into the next round here, our, our regional semifinal round, I'm looking at this uh, this first tier here, this first quad or whatever you want to say. What's an eight? This first octet or something. Um, this is the, the Gross Point South octet, if you want to say. If they were to, if you guys were to beat Detroit Western, play the winner of Seaholm and U of D, and on the other side of that, uh, De La Salle and Berkeley will play for the right to face the winner of Woodhaven and Allen Park, which is obviously, uh, as this is a Downriver podcast, uh, that is an important. You're talking, that's the two right there. Allen Park rolled through the DRL this year, no problem. They they are the favorite, in my opinion. Woodhaven of the last however many years is the the class of baseball downriver. So those are the two heavy hitters right there. I, you couldn't have drawn that up better as far as that goes. But, uh, I, I mean, any thoughts on this outside of obviously yeah. your own matchup? Yeah, I certainly uh, will keep this one at an arm's length because my, my team is in it. But um, 
Yeah, you know, De La Salle, De La Salle and UAD Jesuit to me are a little bit interesting to look at. They're in that one. And the reason I say that is, you know, they finished at the bottom of that division in the Catholic League, but I don't think anyone uh, has any feelings about them being anything but but competitive teams. You know, they're, they just happen to be at the bottom of an incredibly difficult division, and this is sort of their chance to, to prove themselves, you know, getting to this this part of the state tournament. I think, I think De La Salle certainly has a, a chance to get by Berkeley in that first game there. And, um, you know, Allen Park and Woodhaven, that one to me could go either way. Obviously Woodhaven's got the, the pedigree, so to speak. Um, and Allen Park probably had the better year this year. Uh, but I see, you know, De La Salle, I'll say De La Salle facing Allen Park in that game. And that, that'll be, uh, that'll be an interesting matchup there. Um, so, you know, I, I, and keep in mind, too, the other thing that you, you notice while looking at this, this shapes up differently than it did last year. The, the Gross Point district last year went more the Macomb route as it got to this part of the bracket. Now it's going more toward the downriver route. So this is new territory for uh, the Gross Point teams and Detroit Western, for that matter, and UAD. Um, that Gross Point Detroit area didn't go in this g- direction geographically in the state tournament in the past. It's uh, I like that a little bit. You, you know what I mean? Like we've had our discussions about um, the various stupidities we find with the process, but I, I do like if you're going to do it, shift it a little every year. You, yeah, you know I like. I mean? I yeah, like keep that. it keep yeah. it fresh. Yeah, keep yeah. it fresh. Sure. Um, yeah. I think I, I think the uh, the the matchup that everybody wanted to see uh, as as awkward maybe as it would have been for two teams in the same conference uh everybody wanted to see that saint mary's brother rice semifinal, right yeah. yep. you know i mean that would have been that would have been something uh blood, you know blood might have been shed right? yeah. <laughs> and if thing, if things work out a certain way I, obviously i'm pulling for this myself but if things work out a certain way uh gross point south could could face either sterling head stevenson or dakota in the exactly. semifinal. you know two two teams out of the, the mac red division so that would be just as interesting, at least for us, uh, you know, as that Catholic League one would have been. And I like the concept of like, I, I know that it's unavoidable that sometimes teams from the same league are going to run into each other in the postseason. I like that if it's going to happen, it's down the road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It shows that you both you both deserve it. You know? yeah, and you, absolutely. You, you both deserve to be there. And I can tell you from experience, because I was, I think I told you this once before, but we, uh, the, the tournament, the bracket was just really weird one year, and we didn't get Gross Point North until the the Elite Eight. And the stake, you would not believe the stakes of that game. How it, what it feels, <laughs> what it feels like to the players, what it feels like to the families uh, playing at a neutral site against your your rival to go to the Final Four. I mean, that was. I didn't enjoy one second of that game, not until it was. So we ended up winning the game, but I, I didn't, didn't enjoy it until I was walking off the field. I'll tell you, that's a spe- special kind of feeling. Dude, people, you know this like I do. People ask all the time, like after a close game that you win, it, you know, I did, however many Catholic League finals that were one-run games that I was a part of, whatever. Like, man, how was it? Terrible. I hated it. <laughs> uh, that's why I have, I have so much respect for these, you know, lifetime baseball men, you know, managers that are in the Hall of Fame you know, Whitey Herzog and whoever, you know, like how did they, how did they do this for 25 years day in, day out and not have a heart attack after five years? You know, I don't, I don't get it. I know why Jim Leland smoked like a chimney now. Like I get it. Yeah. It was, 
There's been a couple games I've asked Matt if I could rip a heater in the dugout, but he said, <laughs> he said no. So, you know. Um, but anyways, we'll move on to the next octet here. Uh, obviously, we talked about Lake Orion knocking off St. Mary's. They will play Lakeland, who's another good team that we had ranked uh, towards the end of the season. Sterling Heights-Stevenson against Macomb, Dakota in that matchup that uh, Dan obviously alluded to already. Grand Blank back in the region around this year. Congrats to them. They won the district after an up-and-down season, uh, a little bit of a rebuilding year, but still a pretty good team there. They will face Davison, and Rochester Adams is going to play Troy Athens. So some regional matchups there for sure uh, makes sense from a regional perspective the teams that are playing each other um i don't know if i have a pick out of this i think sterling Heights stevenson's probably playing the hottest right now i, I think rochester adams probably has the star power and yep. lake orion obviously coming off the upset but yeah that's all stuff i was that that i was thinking as well you know i, I think stevenson there there's no question that they're going to be a big time contender next year because they're really young they're really young still but uh, their ace pitcher, ace pitcher uh, Jenkins, he's you know he's as good as anybody. Um, they've got a real familiar matchup there with with Dakota, uh, one that could go either way. But Stevenson swings a great bat. They've got a few arms. They're young still. Like I said, the core of that team is is sophomores, and uh, and you never quite know day in day out sometimes when it comes to young guys. But um, if I had to 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 bet on something there, um, you know I think I'd I'd probably lean towards Stevenson playing Adams, maybe, you know, at the end of that one, I, I, you know, like you, like you mentioned the star power of Adams, Stevenson being as hot as they are and, and some of the star young players that they have, that's probably a slight lean, but you know, what, what do we know? <laughs> most of our, most of our favorites are gone already. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know shit. Yeah, right. Clearly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, all right, we'll move on to the, the third one here. Um, some kind of all over the place here with it, but uh, Temperance Bedford against Livonia Franklin. Okemos, Caleb Bonimer's Okemos against Battle Creek Lakeview, which we talked about already. That's a ranked matchup. Uh, Northville and Novi is a big rank mat- ranked matchup, and Heartland came out of that incredible uh, district that they have to play in every single year uh, with Brighton and, and South Lion and uh, you know other teams, Howell. Um, and they'll play Celine, another district championship for Celine, one of the uh, the premier or one of the more historically powerhouse programs in the state. This is another one, Dan. I, I mean, I'm picking Novi. Uh, in, or excuse me. Whoa, I'm picking Northville. Northville. Yeah, I'm picking Northville. Apologies to Novi. I think you're really good. I'm still <laughs> picking Northville. Um, I, I, they've been one or two or three all damn season long. They, they've beaten everybody. You know, their losses were still losses that we counted against them, but they were oftentimes in those kind of like, let's get into the depth type of games. Um, but either way, I, that's an interesting one too. going with Novi personally, though. Talk about oh, damn, talk- Northville again. Damn, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> going with Northville again. One of you change um, your names. The NO starts. One of you right. change your names. Yeah. I'll tell you, I, the, geographically, this one is weird. I mean, te- Temperance is down by Toledo. That's the border. Yeah. Right. And then Okemos is by Lansing. And then Battle Creek is out west more so. All of these teams are headed to Novi. <laughs> I mean, that's a, I don't know where do they all are. Play? They spe- are they spending the night at the the Novi Marriott? Some of them. I mean, this is a that's a haul. So the Temperance Bedford Franklin game is at Franklin. Okemos Battle Creek is at Dewitt. Northville Novi is at Northville, and Heartland Celine is at Celine. Right, so, but the, yeah, depending still, on depending on who wins, I mean that's yeah. that's a, a long trip to Novi. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, you're, you're, I, I obviously feel very blessed by this, but I mean, gro- if Gross Point South were to go to the final four, that would be the first time we step out of the three, one, three in the whole, <laughs> the whole tournament. There you so, go. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's geographically, obviously it pays to be close to the big city, I guess, but, but still, um, yeah, I, you know, I think everyone would probably lean toward Northville on this. Joey Broughton, obviously is not going to lose to too many teams. Um, but you can only use them once probably, you know, depending on how many pitches he throws. And that always has a big effect on this tournament. It's like you, you have an ace in hand. When do you use them? Do you try to keep them under, the, you know, let's say he throws tomorrow. Do you, do you try to keep them under 75 pitches so he can come back Saturday? But, you know, what if you're winning two to one when he gets to 75 pitches? Then what do you do? You know, it's a real battle. I remember uh, back in 2019, we were up a couple of runs in the uh, the Wednesday game and my my dad asked my advice. Our, our our ace pitcher was out there. He was at about 71 pitches. And he's like, what do you think we should do? And long story short, I wanted to take him out. And and he and he ended up taking him out. And we put we put a guy in. It got a little bit scary. Tying run was on second. And I and I'm telling you, I was talking to talking to my maker saying, please don't don't <laughs> let me don't let me cost my father this game with this advice. <laughs> <laughs> that's how and, you get written out of the will right and uh l- luckily we got ourselves a pop-up there and, and and got the win but um you know it's very dicey that's what the coaches are and i say big bucks with the roll of the eyes but that's what the head coach makes the big bucks for that's a tough call when you have an ace pitcher of what to do it's uh you know i most of my experiences coaching in this state uh, came working under matt petrie and, and his uh his philosophy was we are throwing the ace when the ace is available Right. You know, like we're not not doing the, the pitch off thing. And, and, and obviously it, it's worked for him. Uh, the game that they lost just the other day was the ace was on the mound. So it wasn't like yeah. he ch- averted for or diverted, excuse me, from from his plan. But I do get both sides. It's just when you, once you start getting this deep into the postseason, there are no like, well, we should roll them, you know, so then we can save our guy. That that, that doesn't right. exist anymore, you know. So. And, and and sometimes people just have different feelings about it. You know, my my feeling was, once I get past the district, I my next goal is to get to the final four. That's kind of the way I I look at it. So I I kind of think to myself, how do I handle this pitching staff in a way that gets me not just past Wednesday but into the final four? Yep. And I'm not even saying that that thought is. I'm not saying that that's right necessarily. That's just. That's just the way that I think about it, I guess. But not everybody thinks about it the same. You know, some are, are very inning to inning, and they're not going to think about Saturday until Wednesday is in the books. And I, I respect that too. So we will move on to this final, uh, the final set here, or whatever it is for uh, for Division One, um, Granville coming out of the district uh, where they beat Jenison, a ranked teams. Shouts out to Granville. They will play Caledonia. Traverse City West is going to play Midland Dow. Uh, Zealand East plays Matawan. Matawan is is a school. I, we talk. Brandon and I talk about Matawan a bunch this year. Always kind of on the outskirts of the Super Twenty Five. Respect the talent that's there. They have some good pieces. They have some star power. They are a good club. But you know, like it felt like every week we'd try to put them in. They went three and two or something like that. So just never quite got there. And then we had Portage Norman ranked in the top ten, and Matawan beat them by twenty runs. Twenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> 23. I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know how i don't know how that happens not, hey. not when it comes when it comes to two two capable teams i don't i don't see how how a team loses by that many tough day at the yard for portage northern obviously but uh right 
credit right. to Matawan for winning that game. They will play Zealand East. Uh, the Chicks are 37-3. and three. They are in the top five of the most recent Super 25. In fact, they might have been the one damn team up there who didn't lose. Um, them in Northville, but uh, they will. Uh, whoever wins that game will play the winner of Muskegon Mona Shores and Cedar Springs. Mona Shores, obviously, a team we've had in the uh, top 25 for most of the year. Jackson Huffman, the, the star two-way player there. But this is an interesting one. This is obviously the outside of the, the greater Detroit area type of matchup. I think Zealand East has a chance at it. I think Mona Shores has a chance at it. And, hell, I think Matawan's got a chance at it now. Well, you got to give some respect to Dow, though, too, right? Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. the, that's the team that's the team that knocked off uh, Bay City Western. And yes. if you not I, without knowing a ton about them, I I feel like if you knocked off Bay City Western, you do a lot of things right because Bay City Western is one of those programs that is really sure of themselves in the way that they do things. They don't they don't give you an in. You know, they're always making the plays. They're advancing runners. Um, they're playing the small ball, and if you handle all that stuff, you must be able to do a few things, a few things right. So, I certainly wouldn't count them out either. I, I have a feeling that they have a good idea of what they're doing. And we're gonna we're gonna flip it over to D two now. Talk through some of those uh, some of these matchups here. Uh, obviously, D two is a little different than D one in that most of the favorites are still alive. Uh, the ones we picked from a couple weeks ago. Grand Rapids Christian still alive. Uh, Liggett is still alive. Bay City John Glenn is still alive. Um, we're not it, it weren't as many of the uh, seemingly out of nowhere upsets. Stevensville Lakeshore still alive. New Boston Huron still alive. Anybody that we thought was a, a potential favorite coming into the season and inclusive of two weeks ago, still there in D2, which makes it utterly fascinating because we've said all year that D2 is, is the one where it's like, okay, this is going to be fun because we don't yep. know. There's no slam dunk, you know. Um, exactly, exactly. No, I think when it comes to D2 in the Metro Detroit area, it's really thin, which is kind of strange. I think it's it, it's obviously different than, than D1, but I think it's even different than D3. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, like Liggett had that test early on in D3 with uh, Detroit Edison last year, or the last two years, really. Um, and there's nothing like that in Metro Detroit in D2. Now that they're up in D2, they had a – I think in Liggett's district, they, they had a forfeit. There might have even been two forfeits in that district where teams didn't even show up. Um, and then they won the district final. I believe it was – 35 to nothing you know i i don't even recall ever seeing a score like that before 35 to nothing um so there i i feel like there's you know some haves and have nots around the metro detroit area as it comes to d2 i i mean the one that jumps off the page at me initially is uh when we get to Liggett against uh riverview or new boston huron i mean i think i think that'll be interesting um we'll uh, we'll start at the top here first one stevensville lakeshore against vicksburg uh, Grand Rapids Christian will take on Grand Rapids Catholic Central because, you know, why wouldn't they? Um, Grand Rapids Catholic Central, a Division two state runner-up in 2019. Uh, notably, my cousin was on that team. Shouts uh-huh. out. Um, anyways, Coldwater against Olivet and Hamilton against Richmond Gull Lake on the other side of that. Uh, Dan, I, you know, we could talk about a couple of these teams, but I think what everybody's looking towards is the regional final which should be Grand Rapids Christian against Stevensville Lakeshore. Um, obviously, they would. Which whoever wins that would have the advantage moving forward. Those are two of the top teams in D two. 
Uh, some upsets could take place, but the way Lakeshore played down the stretch and the way GRC's played all damn season, uh, you know, you'd have to imagine that that's going to be the matchup. Uh, absolutely. You'd be, we've been wrong before, though. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, in fact. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, we'll roll down to the second one here. It's Williamston against Flint Powers Catholic. That Catholic Powers Catholic's another one I didn't mention five minutes ago that I should have. That's a potential D2 favorite. Um, Madison Heights Lamphere against Marine City, Frankenmuth against Saginaw Swan Valley, and North Branch against Country Day. Uh, the takeaways here for me upon first blush is this should, if it goes, you know, the way. It's expected to go if it goes the way of, of how you'd project it, blah, 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 blah. Should be powers and country day for the right to go to East Lansing. Um, but, yeah, I, again, anything's wide open. Yeah, that's the chalk for sure. You know, country day is a, a, a good team. They've got uh, Tyler Inge, who's a, a nice player, um, shortstop, pitcher. He has a good idea of what he's doing on the mound. I don't know that he projects it as a pitcher long term, but he's got a really good idea of, what he's doing when he's out there adding and subtracting, moving the ball around. Uh, obviously having, you know, having Brandon Inge in your dugout, a, a longtime <laughs> major leaguer. I mean, that's a nice advantage. He obviously lends a lot of perspective to that team and, and not, not to mention a, you know, a, a great guy similar to Dan Petrie, you know, with the, yeah. with St. Yep. Mary's just a, a great guy to bounce things off of. Um, Frankenmuth is a, a school that's been really strong athletically lately. Probably really good in football. A lot of really good athletes there. Um, over the last few years. So just athletically speaking, I'd, I'd consider them in the mix, but I think you're right about uh, Flint powers Catholic that that was a, a favorite in D two that people talked about even in the winter as, mm-hmm. as really being one that had a, sh- a good chance. Two members of the Flint powers Catholic team notably drafted at the cold weather bats player. That's right. That's uh, right. Yep. Grant Garman and Isaac Sturgis um, Garmin, the ACE Sturgis, more of a two way guy, but also pretty impactful on the mound. But um, you have anytime you have a two-headed monster, man. Like it's not a guarantee, you know. Like we have these two dudes; they're going to win every time they pitch, whatever. But when you have a one-two like that, it just and then all of a sudden, every other guy is a bullpen piece. It, you know, anybody who's had any success for you whatsoever, whether he started or whatever, is a bullpen piece, and you can use them, and that brings the depth up. But um, anytime you got that two-headed monster, you just have to feel real good about it. Absolutely. Um, let's roll down to this next one. Dearborn Heights, something Annapolis against uh, Livonia Clarenceville Mason against Adrian Detroit university prep against Liggett and new Boston Huron against Riverview. We talked about this one. We just started talking about D two, um, would have to imagine that Liggett is going to beat Detroit university prep and play the winner of Huron and Riverview, but the Huron and Riverview game, I think is the, the game of this first round, this regional semifinal round. Um, I don't know what Riverview is going to do. I would have to imagine that they're going to throw their ace uh, in McAllendale. Um, He's been excellent for them all season long. I I know he threw in the district final, but I I don't think it was all that taxing, so he should be okay. And uh, obviously Huron on the other side, Luke Cole's back and healthy and throwing well. Gavin Muzzy was outstanding all season long. There's their one-two punch. Uh, But however that goes, whoever wins that game, Riverview and Huron, most likely playing Liggett, that game should be really, really good. Yeah, I think Liggett has an advantage here just because of the draw. You know, uh, no, no disrespect intended, obviously, but University Prep is not uh, in the the same breath of the other three teams in this in this grouping. So, um, you know, Liggett, I 
I, I swear to you, I haven't talked to Coach Semini about this. I haven't talked to anybody about it. But I, I don't imagine Liggett would be using any of their higher-end pitching in that game, or at least not taxing any of their higher-end pitching in that game. Um, you know, I think that there's a very, very good chance that Preston Barr will be rested and ready to go in that game against New Boston here on or Riverview. So that that certainly gives Liggett an advantage there. And it's not like Liggett had a hectic district either, like you said. So it's no, not – no. Preston Barr didn't throw 100 pitches the other day. Right, and, and yeah, Pre- Preston at times I think has had a, a tender arm situation at, at different times um, or at least to the point where they keep an eye on his innings and things like that. Um, they don't – you know, they're not going to abuse him. Um, and this really gives them a chance to not have to even mm-hmm. approach abusing him. Um, he's going to be very well arrested for that that first game at, uh, I believe it's at U of M, um, against, you know, Huron or, or Riverview and who knows where those teams pitching staffs will be coming into that game. You know, I, I don't know what it's going to take to get by, get by on Wednesday. So it'll be interesting. We'll set up a very, very interesting regional final. However it goes, um, now rolling down to the bottom half of this, or uh, bottom part of this D2, uh, Nuego against Spring Lake. My freshman year roommate in college is from Nuego. Shouts out. Um, Sault Ste. Marie against Petoskey, Allendale against Forest Hills Eastern. That's a really good one. Allendale uh, had a really strong close to the season, and obviously Forest Hills Eastern ranked all year. Uh, Gladwin against Bay City, John Glenn on the bottom there. I think this one, Dan, sets up similarly to the one we just talked about in that the bottom half is is loaded uh, as opposed to the top half, which, you know – that's nobody's fault. That's just how, how it came up. But I uh, yep. would have to imagine Bay City, John Glenn against whichever, Forest Hills, Eastern, and Allendale, that will be a really good game uh, in a regional final setting. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, – what did you call these? Octets? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, octets. Yeah, the, you know, I, good, know. I, I think John, John Glenn, obviously, is a team that we targeted back in January is one that's going to have a really good shot at getting to the final four, and I'm not going to change my mind on that right now. Uh, let's flip it over to Division Three, if you will. This this first one here in Division Three is is particularly interesting, given the way things could go. Uh, Algonac, who's been a top ten team for us all season long, will take on Montrose uh, tomorrow, today, whenever you listen to this. Uh, Detroit Loyola against Ecorse, and we talked about Ecorse on the last show. An incredible job this year from them, uh, 25 and 2, 26 and 2, something like that, playing really, really well. It wasn't necessarily good competition, but they won all the damn games. They have good players. They're extremely well coached. It's a place that was not a baseball place and has been now turned into a baseball place just by sheer force of will. Um, so credit to them and credit to their coaching staff and the administration there. That's always awesome to see, especially because eCourse is, in fact, technically downriver. So. Um, Milling, <laughs> Millington against Cass we'll City. We're going to claim it. Damn right, we'll claim it. <laughs> uh, Millington against Cass City, and then Detroit Edison against uh, Bishop Foley on the bottom there. Um, Dan, think this could go a couple different ways. Ecourse, like we talked about, has played well, um, but I would have to imagine that this ends with an Algonac Edison uh, state quarter for the right to go to Co- or Comerica. I see, keep saying Comerica Park. <laughs> East Lansing, yeah. East Lansing, yep. Yeah, I sure think so. And it, and that game will be played at Algonac. A um, little bit of a little home cooking, a little bit of an advantage maybe for uh, for Algonac. But uh, yeah, Edison's kind of the, the pedigree of uh, the Metro Detroit area as it comes to Division Three right now. They're the 
the leader in the clubhouse, I guess, and athletically very strong, Marwin Matthews, and and you know a lot of guys that have experience from the previous couple tournaments. And I think Algonac against Edison is what we're going to see there. Should be a hell of a damn game. Looking forward yep. to that one. Absolutely. Uh, moving into the second one, Chessening against Langsburg. Uh, man, I, I every damn year I see this name of a city, and I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm, I'm gonna. I know how to pronounce it, but you please. Go ahead. Please do it. Oh, I want to hear you first. Uh, Watervliet? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. I, had, I had a CMU teammate from Watervliet. But, Shots uh, up. Yeah. Nailed it. All right. Watervliet against Parchment. Um, Lansing Catholic against Grand Rapids North Point. And Granville Calvin Christian against North Muskegon. Um, Dan, going to be totally open and vulnerable with you here. I don't I, – the only team I have anything on is that Chessening is pretty solid. Yeah, That's I agree. I I just yeah. hearsay, hearsay is pretty much all I got there. I, I like the uh, – this is very low, very low rent comment, but I like Cornerstone University where they're going to be playing. They're going to be Hell playing yeah. this regional. That's a nice, that's a nice ballpark. <laughs> it is. Well, I'm uh, je- jealous of that, jealous of that setting a little bit. But, yeah, I don't know. The setting matters. Yeah, the setting yeah. absolutely matters. Yeah, I don't know much about uh, about that that core group of teams, to be honest. Um, all right, moving into this third one here, Grass Lake against Hudson, Bridgman against Centerville, Ottawa Lake Whiteford against Ann Arbor Greenhills, and Jonesville against Jackson Lumen Christie. Uh, upon first blush, I know that Ottawa Lake Whiteford's a solid club. They've been having a, a solid year. Um, I lost games to Grass Lake in high school. That's the last time I think I heard of them. And, uh, you know, Lumen Christie is always pretty solid, at least. So that, that's all I got there. <laughs> yeah. You know, again, I, I, I think when it comes to the lower divisions, and I think you've mentioned this, too, is you you sort of look at just overall athleticism and, and, and maybe the the type of uh, athletic department even that a school might have or the competition that they're playing against, even, even across all the sports. And I mean, Lumen, Lumen Christie is one that always kind of seems to show up mm-hmm. in, in Division three and all the sports so that. Wouldn't surprise me at all if they're right in the mix there at the end. And we'll flip it down to this last one here. White Cloud against Benzie Central in a matchup of two teams I have openly never heard of. Um, That's no disrespect to anybody. I just have no idea where either of those places are. I'm assuming it's way up north. Um, Iron Mountain against Gladstone. Standish Sterling against Clare. And Charlevoix against Grayling. Uh, The cities that I know in that grouping that I just rattled (laughs) off points to the fact that I think I was right about Northern Michigan here. <laughs> I think that this is the, is the southernmost team there, Claire? I think. Yeah, like which Claire. is right, which is right by Mount Pleasant. Which is north uh, of Mount Pleasant, yeah. Yeah. I mean I Iron Mountains obviously in the UP. Yeah. I don't know if any of the, I don't know if any of the rest of these are in the UP or not, but um I I think there's only a couple of programs in the UP, period. Right? I mean I yeah. We'll have to get I, Billy Mitchell on for that. Yeah, I, there's there's not there's not much, um, but yeah, I, I have no expertise when it comes to to this quadrant either. I I would say that uh, you know the fact that uh, these teams are where they are geographically, I wouldn't be surprised if they didn't get that many games in in the course of a year. You know, being small schools, being up north, weather wise. Um, you know, it's tough to really get on a good roll when you're a, a UP team or or if you're just, you know, kind of in a, a, a sparse area, there's not that many opponents around you. Yeah. Uh, so I looked. White Cloud is directly north of Grand Rapids. Like, it's up towards the Big Rapids area. And Benzie County, anyways, Benzie County, Michigan, is, like, very northwest part of the okay. state. 
Um, so yes, North nonetheless, but I think that White Cloud holds the claim of the southernmost in that because that's roughly right. on par latitudinally with Mount Pleasant and Midland. Okay. So, um, but yeah, there's a lot, a lot of driving. This is a lot of driving in this. A lot room. of driving. A lot of driving. <laughs> uh, which is you know, fine, that, that, but... this is what when you get to when you get to D three and four, you a lot of times you'll get to the final four and you'll be able to see pretty clearly which one or two teams, you know, have a good yeah. shot maybe to win it. And maybe the other one or two are, are on a little bit of a different level. Now we're going to flip into D4 and really get into some places. I don't know how to pronounce. Um, <laughs> T- against Concord. Uh, St. Joseph's against Decatur. Camden Frontier against Petersburg Summerfield. Uh, Byron Center Zion against Kalamazoo Hackett. Uh, this is giving, I think there's several very, very small private schools here in the mix. Um, but yeah, there's Man. a couple, there's a couple D4 teams we could talk about down the, down the road here, but I don't, I'm going to be straight up honest with you folks. I don't know much about those eight. It's a little, not, not to dwell on the ballparks again, but it's a little interesting that Jackson Lumen Christie is hosting this when their school is D3. That is weird. That's a little bit. Yeah. Interesting. Huh. Um, I've never heard of that. That is weird. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kalamazoo Hackett's always kind of right there. Yeah. Uh, they've, they've had uh, some pretty good teams consistently over the years. But, but yeah, you're right. This is, um, don't have a lot of information on, on any of these teams. The Kalamazoo Hackett bit of trivia I have is that that's where Derek Jeter's parents were going to send him to high school until he threw uh, a fit is strong, but he was like, no, I'm going to Kalamazoo Central. Is that right? Like, I read his autobiography like, 15 years ago. Like, I know he was a Kalamazoo Maroon in the summer, correct? He was, yep, okay. yep. Um, but anyways, uh, moving on to there, from there into, here we go, I know a couple of these schools, Beale City against Saginaw, Michigan Lutheran, Maple City Glen Lake against Marion, Fowler against Lansing Christian and Bear Lake against Muskegon Catholic Central. Um, this is, I would have to imagine, Beale City with an advantage here. But uh, but either way, it's uh, again, you know, a, another bunch of schools that I, I don't I don't know about. I mean, Beale City, point, but Beale City lost in the finals last year. Correct? Yes. Yep. Um, to who? To your to your alma mater. Damn right. And my draft pick. Go Pioneers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but you know, Beale City did have a coaching change in the offseason, I believe. Um, but uh, but yeah, they're coming off of a state final appearance, and I think you know most would point to them having an advantage there. But Beale City is an interesting, like uh, an interesting, like ur- like urban geography type of story because it's like not actually a city. Or something along those lines. It's like not actually a municipality in any sort of way. I think it's technically um, it gets Mount Pleasant like uh, uh, utilities or, or whatever. I'm trying to okay. say, but it's it's like a little the, po- the post office. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Postal code. Yeah. And it's it's obviously not far from Mount Pleasant. Like I right. once upon a time in college, I had a friend who was from there, and on the night of her 21st birthday, uh, we all took a party bus back to her favorite hometown bar in Beale City. Long time okay. ago, but really? anyways, I'm aware. You probably, you probably <laughs> spent you probably spent eleven dollars that night and and had about twenty seven drinks. Twenty seven of them, and that was with tip. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. It was. I think it was like the White Horse or something like that. I don't know why I'd remember that. the The interesting part of that story is that that party bus then got stuck in the snow on the way back to Mount Pleasant, and we had to empty the bus 
and we all tried to push it and it obviously that didn't work so we had the the farmer whose farm that we got stuck on brought his tractor out pulled us out of the drift and that like that's a literal thing that happened but I mean, anyways the, this story brought <laughs> brought to you by the 989 i mean that is a that is a 989 kind of a story if, if i Brought to you by Isabella, Isabella, Isabella County, County in yeah. February. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, lots, lots of great memories. Um, but yeah, again, Beale City, a, a perennially strong baseball program, would imagine they're going to come out of there. Into the next one, East Jordan against Gaylord St. Mary. Uh, Painsdale Jeffers against Norway. Roger City against Alcona. And our friend Billy Mitchell's Rudyard Club against Indian River Inland Lakes. Um, think that that matchup on the bottom there is interesting. Rudyard, uh, I talked to Billy actually at East Lansing or at Michigan, excuse me, at Michigan State a couple weeks ago, was telling me, hey, we're a young club. We played a really strong schedule. We went over the bridge and played uh, in the lower peninsula as much as possible. Their record reflects that. I think they're roughly 500, maybe a little bit below that. But they are probably the most battle-tested of anybody that's going to come out of that particular uh, eight bit of teams so i think that makes them especially interesting they've also you can say they've been there they made right. the final four last year they played in the final four last year so i think as, as you can speak on this too if you would uh, with there's something to be said for experience oh no doubt i, I mean there's a there's a reason why we see a lot of the same teams there every year and it's not it's not always their talent you know they mm-hmm. just have you know have a feel for how to handle things and um you know they don't uh, they don't gag in that kind of situation like some other teams do, and you know that's why I I have a tendency to 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 uh, you know in my in my predictions you know seek out a, a Liggett or um, somebody of that nature that I know is just always right there. They just have that that history. You just you just come to believe that they're going to show up to play when it counts. It just there's when you're not when you and and this is we just got past the district round we're two out of the seven or whatever but it's once you get beyond the district round because everybody has played in the district round everybody's guaranteed to once you get beyond that and, and I think most especially once you get beyond Wednesday once you get to next weekend when you're talking about a regional final and a state quarter that's where you start to see like the teams who haven't been there they get a little wide eyed. And that's when you see the teams who have been there going, man, we're just, we're just just another day at the office. Like, let's go to work. Yep. Um, and it doesn't always mean anything. It, sometimes it doesn't mean anything at all. But I, if you're asking me if I'd rather have it than not have it, I absolutely would rather have it. Oh, no doubt. No doubt about it. And into the final bit here of, of D4, some teams we can actually talk about here. Uh, Marine City Cardinal Mooney against Royal Oak Shrine. A couple of Catholic League schools doing battle there. Ugly against Unionville Sibawang. Uh, Riverview Gabriel Richard against Plymouth Christian and Brown City against Genesee Christian. Uh, Cardinal Mooney and Shrine is going to be a very, very strong game. I, I believe they met in the Catholic League. Um, some of the two of the better teams in that in the lower division of the Catholic League. And then obviously uh, Riverview GR did not have a very good season statistically. They didn't last year either, but they ended up winning the state championship. So can't count them out, especially with two guys at the top of the rotation that are pretty good against a very, very strong Plymouth Christian team who I, I think they're up to 30 wins now. So anytime you hit that 30 mark, you're having a pretty good season. Oh, no, no doubt about it. I, I just feel like this might be Cardinal Mooney's turn. You know they had a they had a core of guys two years ago, a lot of which are still on the team. Um, you know that got to the state finals and and lost. Uh, was it to Hackett? 
I think it was to Hackett. I yeah. think it was Hackett. Yep. Um, you know, it's Mike, Mike Rice, still the coach, obviously. Um, you know, they are battle-tested during the year. They play a tough schedule. And, and that can be said of Shrine and I think uh, RGR as well. But, um, you know, I think that just everything might come together this year for Mooney. I, I just – I picked them preseason. I drafted them in the CWB uh, team draft, and I'm, I'm going to stick with them. I just think it might be their time. And uh, with that being said, that wraps it up. We're gonna we're gonna pretty much stop there. Um, good luck to everybody playing tomorrow. Good luck to everybody who continues to play on next weekend. We're obviously uh, very excited to talk to you next week after all the carnage that's going to go down this week. But uh, a special thank you to Coach Dan Griesbaum Jr. for for stepping up and pinch hitting for uh, our fallen colleague. Fallen sounds like he died. Our sick colleague, <laughs> Brandon Justice. Uh, much appreciated, man. As always, thanks for coming on with me, and, and good luck tomorrow. I appreciate it very much. Can, can we get you? Can we get you on the record doing it with a new Division One Final Four prediction? I mean, I know three. I think three. Three of your four original teams are out, right? For the fun. <laughs> do, you, do you have a new set of four that you want to go on record with? I just sure. Get on. Okay. Yeah. Let me uh, let me flip back over here to okay. the uh, to that page. But yes, I will do that. Um, I'm kind of hoping you don't pick us just because, you know, three, you you only got one out of four the last time around. So, (laughs) all right. I am going to go with Allen Park, Sterling Heights, Stevenson, Northville, and Zealand East. Okay. That's my four right now. We'll we'll see next week. I'll pick another new four next week. Uh, but (laughs) hopefully not new four. Maybe one for eight or something on my picks so far. Right. But, right. No, but anyways, no, appreciate it. Happy, happy to be on, uh, Brandon. Brandon, get well soon, of course. Um, and uh, I hope uh, hope to see you at a game. Are you going to be in East Lansing if, if we were lucky enough to get that far? We'll see. Okay. Still up in the air. Okay. Um, I have yeah. to – yeah, it's possible. Maybe not for the final, but that the semifinals potentially. Gotcha. All right. Um, but either way – Again, that's the show. Thanks for hanging out with us, everyone. Please remember to follow us on social media. Please remember to like, rate, and review the show. Again, special shouts out to Coach Dan Griesbaum Jr. for joining us and, and stepping up to the plate in a big way. Uh, but that, with that being said, I'm Brian Sikowski. We'll talk to you next week. Woo!